available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everybody, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site of the Scout.com network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com, the USC site on the Scout.com network. And we are the Podcast of Champions, talking Pac-12 football. Follow us on Twitter, at Pac-12Podcast. Our website is Pac-12Podcast.com. You can email us, Pac-12Podcast at gmail.com, or give us a call, 641-715-3900, extension 734 nine seven two and we do apologize we're doing this you know friday afternoon dave we had some technical difficulties i think we continue to have technical difficulties but we had to we're get a show up. for sure yeah but we're we're here now we got the show going um so that's important, thing. It's important. we want people to you know get their podcast of champions fix of course they want to find out how we did in our picks which was abysmal i think that's an operative word i think that works you were um, bit, some of us did abysmally than others. You were less abysmal than me. Um, you were abysmal plus one. Is that a yeah, good one? I think that's a fair fair assessment. <laughs> it was funny. So our picks. Um, I was actually thinking about like you know we should probably just actually bet money on our picks because they've been good. We've been like really good at our picks. I don't remember us having losing records. You know, like a bad week would be five hundred. And the last two weeks have been pretty, pretty bad. So I was uh, one in five last week, and Dave was two and four. So two weeks in a row, we were sub five hundred. So not good stuff. Yeah, but at least I'm consistent. I was two and four last week. I'm two and four this week. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm solid. I'm, you know, coaches always preach consistency, right? And I think that's what I've been, and that's the most important thing to me. We got to get off this snide, though. We're gonna, we'll get the picks back in order. This, this has been an anomaly. It's a little weird. So. Uh, but since it's Friday, I thought we'd do kind of a quick recap of the games, Dave, since those were almost a week ago. And then we'll do more on the preview. And we got a couple questions and stuff, so we can get to all that. That sounds like fun. All right. So should we start at the very beginning? Is it a very good place to start? I think that's a good place, yeah. So Friday night, last Friday night, uh, you know, almost almost a full week ago right now, um, Washington murdered Stanford. <laughs> Like, it wasn't even close. It was 44 to 6, and it, like, didn't even feel like it was that good of a game. I mean, and Washington, like, that, that thing you retweeted from the Pac-12 podcast Twitter account, uh, I mean, that, that's the best stat from this. They didn't blitz, and they sacked Stanford eight times. Yeah. That's crazy. No blitzing whatsoever. They just, it, it looked like, you know, I know USC had to turn around and do two road games six days apart, you know, at Stanford, at Utah, Stanford had to do the same thing. It just didn't look, you know, with UCLA and then Washington, but they looked like, they looked like they needed an extra couple of days rest. They it just, they did not look ready for this game. Yeah, this was, this was crazy. And yeah, they didn't look ready and they were banged up heading into it. Um, you know, UCLA did a number on them, uh, physically, like they were down two starting corners. Uh, their fullback was out. Their starting tight end was out. Out. So there were some mitigating factors, but frankly, I don't care what the mitigating factors are when you lose by 38, you know? And if you're like the number seven team in the country, you can't lose by 38. That's, that's nuts. Um, Stanford wasn't able to run the ball at all. It was 30 carries for 29 yards. When was the last time Stanford did anything remotely like that? Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it was probably the Walt Harris era. And by era, I mean the one year that Walt Harris was there, or however long he was there. Um, this was crazy. This was just crazy, crazy to watch. Um, it was like it was it was to the point like I kind of actually enjoy blowouts. I'm one of those sick puppies who does, but um, it was to the point where I didn't even want to watch this at the end. No, I mean it was just. Ugh. I mean Washington dominated every single phase of this game. Stanford's offense was putrid. Their defense was awful. Um, it, this was just an all purpose beatdown in Husky Stadium. It was. It looked like David Shaw did not call his best game. There were, you know, there were 
switching out Keller Chris for Ryan Burns. This weird stuff. There was a crazy fourth down play after a timeout that no one even knew the ball was snapped. I mean, there were just so many weird things going on in this game. It just did not look like this did not look like Stanford football. Washington looked like they were ready for this one. Uh, we'll see if it was a look ahead or anything because, you know, Washington's got, you know, tough one this weekend, but yeah, that was uh, the Friday night one was kind of crazy. Well, let's move on. We got to do these quick because it's, you know, like I said, it was yeah. a week ago. All right. So what's up next? Uh, let's see. Why don't we go with, I'll go Utah Cal. Yeah. Go another fun game. Yeah. Utah Cal was, uh, I don't know about yes. fun. Yes. I, I don't know if fun's the right word, but <laughs> it was a game. It was a football game that was played. Uh, last Saturday, um, Utah, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough when you're faced with the mighty defensive Cal, you know, um, and you've, you, you've got a yard to go, but you're going against, I mean, one of the toughest rush defenses in Pac 12, right? Um, so getting that extra yard, getting, getting that touchdown to ice the game, it's just hard to do. Um, this was the strangest thing I think I saw was that Utah couldn't run the ball for basically one yard against Cal's altogether awful run defense um, to win this game at the end. That was crazy. That was. I mean, the goal line stance, that's not what you would picture from a Cal team. Um, they only ran the ball 14 times, which I think was the fewest in school history, which is kind of crazy. But Hanson and Robertson were pretty awesome for for Cal at wide receiver. Um, I mean, they, they came to play, man, and we, we got them higher up you know, in the rankings now because of it. But they... Uh, Cal was impressive. You know, they lost a couple games, but they could be one of those teams that just kind of makes a lot of noise in the Pac-12 now going forward. How's this for a stat? Utah had, if I'm reading this correctly, they had 97 plays. Cal had 49. <laughs> I would I would love to see if there's ever been a greater disparity in the number of plays between one team and another playing in the exact same football game. Because I can't imagine it. That's and having, a 50-play differential. And having the team that had the fewer plays lose. I mean, win. That's I'm sorry. insane. That's, that's crazy. Um, okay, so, yeah, this was, this was interesting because Utah actually outgained Cal. I mean, the, you know, if you look at all of the stats from this game, it's a game that Utah should have won um, on the road. Uh, maybe they used up all that, you know, good karma, good luck against USC when they came back came storming back from a deficit in the fourth quarter but um, this is a game that Utah probably should have won um, yeah I mean Cal you've got to give Cal credit at this point they've beaten now two I, I still think Texas is better than you know what's been being, being bandied about right now that Charlie Strong should be fired they've beaten a pretty good Texas team and, a, and I think a pretty good ish Utah team at home um what do you think? Is Cal, is Cal, uh, I mean, obviously they can't go 11 and 1 this year. No. It's not, you know, that, that, that was a dream that died last year, but 9 and 3, 8 and 4, yeah, 7 I mean, and 5, 6 and 6. What are we talking here? Yeah, the pressure's off now. I, I really like the way Cal was playing, especially because Utah played their game. Like that's Utah's game to control the ball and to have long drives and to not, you know, and they played the way they wanted to play and still Cal was able to beat up. Now, I think there was 11 drop passes from Utah. So they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot a lot, but, um, and they had a real nice flurry before halftime where yeah. they end up missing a field goal. They, they got a touchdown, but they could have, they could have been closer. They could have had a lot more meant, more momentum going into the second half. But Cal weathered that storm and, and the fact that they were able to come up and, and do the bend, don't break thing, come up with that, you know, so a couple of big stops in the game, uh, was, you know, was a real difference for me. Cal, if they could play a little defense, Dave, this is a real this is a real team because they can certainly score. For sure. All right, should we move on? Yeah, so let's go to Oregon State, Colorado. That was a close one. Wait, no. Um so Colorado continued its surge into the uh the lead in the Pac twelve South. Uh just crushed the life out of Oregon State. I think I predicted this one correctly, and I think you did not. Right. This, this was the this was the difference game, yeah. Yeah, so I mean Colorado, uh uh, you know, I, I've heard some people say this game was a little bit closer than you thought. I don't care. It was a 41 point win. If it, if it felt more like a 30 point win, do you agree? Um, I think a lot of people are trying to take some shine off of Colorado. Um, now that I've been hyping them up all the time, but they're great. I love Colorado. Uh, they, uh, they had over 500 yards of offense, held Oregon State to under 250. 
Um, Oregon State couldn't pass the ball well at all. Um, ran the ball a little bit better, but it was, you know, 10 of their 126 yards came on a Victor Bolden reverse. I mean, there's, uh, I, I thought this was a pretty all purpose beatdown. I caught a little bit of this game, but I can't tell you I watched all of it. Um, but it, I, I'm not seeing a whole lot of Oregon State being competitive in the, uh, in the final stats here. No, they weren't. I think, I mean, Seth Collins is an electric athlete. They try to, they got to get him involved in the offense more, but they're just, I, they didn't progress as much as I thought they would. Colorado certainly has. I mean, Stephen Montez was, you know, pretty amazing. Shea Fields with, you know, three touchdowns in the first half. Um, I mean, they got athletes, dude. And we're, you know, we'll know a lot more about Colorado this weekend when they play USC, but, um, this was the bowl game to get your only Pac-12 win, you know, last year. And now Colorado's undefeated in the South. And they, I mean, it's a, it's a legit team, man. They, they play for real and they're they brought pressure from all over the place uh it's a this is a real football team yeah and you know it's it's people are poo-pooing you know anybody beating oregon now but at that point i mean two weeks ago when they beat oregon and beat them on the road that was a real win um and it's still i think a real win i think oregon is kind of <laughs> i think oregon has kind of folded since then but they were competitive in that game and colorado still beat them um on the road with a backup quarterback I mean, even if it's a mediocre Oregon team, that's still a feat when you consider where Colorado was. So um, I'm really interested to see where they go going forward. The, uh, should we move on? Yeah, the next one, uh, USC and Arizona State. We both got this one wrong as well. Sun Devils couldn't keep it within 10 or 10 and a half or whatever the line ended up being, but uh, 41-20. USC yeah, if you want to talk about the classic game that wasn't as close as the final score appeared, that's a this was no three touchdown win. Uh, this was a pretty all purpose crushing by USC. Uh, ASU not only couldn't do anything offensively, they lost their starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Wilkins went down with an ankle sprain or an ankle injury that'll probably keep him out. I think it's an ankle injury. I don't know if they're very specific about injuries over in Todd Graham land, but, um, he went down. It doesn't look like he's going to be back this week, but. Nothing doing offensively for Arizona State. It was kind of comedy of errors at different points. You know, a bunch of bad snaps, a um, bunch of bad stuff going on. And then defensively, they were, you know, pretty god awful in the secondary. Sam Darnold had whatever he wanted. Uh, um, and he took it a lot with uh, Juju Smith and Deontay Burnett, uh, who, who racked up uh, over 200 yards receiving just by themselves. This was, this was, this was, uh, I think what everyone was thinking they would see out of a U.S. SC offense this year um, finally come to life. Yeah, they looked. I mean, they looked better for sure. USC looked for real. Arizona State looked as bad as I remember seeing them. I mean, they just couldn't even get out of their own way. Um, I think you know USC brought a lot of defensive pressure and and blitz different you know aspects. And um, I mean, they they this is not a team that sacked a lot of people. And and you know they end up getting a few sacks against Manny Wilkins knocking them out in the first half. When Brady White came in, he just looked a little lost. But it was 41-6 in the fourth quarter when they kind of took took out the starter. So, yeah, it really wasn't that close. And Sam Darnold, like, got better. He looked like a legit quarterback. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster catching three touchdowns or whatever. I mean, he's he's uh, doing his thing again. So, who knows? We'll see. I mean, they got a big test, like we said, in the last recap against Colorado. But USC looked better. And, man, Arizona State just did not look good. They couldn't run the ball. And that's, you know, that's supposed to be their, you know, the thing they hang their hat on, and Caleb Balazs, six carries for nine yards, DeMario Richards, seven for 26. Their third-string guy, Nick Ralston, is the only reason they had a decent rushing total, and he came in in junk time. Yeah. had 12 carries, 46 yards, and they were just trying to kill the clock at that point. I mean, they weren't... They weren't. They, they knew that this was not a competitive finish, so... How uh, many yards did Balazs yeah. have? What was that? Ralston or... Balazs. Uh, Balazs had nine. Six carries for nine yards. He had nine yards. He had eight touchdowns in one game this year, and then ends up yeah. nine yards. Like that makes no he sense. Had one more yard than he had touchdowns in a game. <laughs> I mean, how did that just didn't make sense to me? They just did not look. I think Wilkins got a little flustered early and just seemed to be. He wasn't hit. He had some open guys. He wasn't hitting. Yeah. The pressure if, if just got. Yeah, if you want to take some solace in this ASU fans, this is as bad as your team can play. Yeah. There isn't, there isn't lower. This is the nadir. So you have that to take from this. Um, and so hopefully, uh, ASU plays better 
uh, going forward. Let's do uh, Washington State and Oregon, Dave. Um, Oregon, man, RIP, RIP, Ducks. Um, it's uh, it's not looking good uh, for the Ducks. Uh, they lost, and it wasn't again not a very close game. Fifty-one uh, thirty-three to Washington State. Uh, Dakota Prukop got replaced in this one. Justin Herbert, the true freshman, is going to start uh, probably going forward. Um, this was about as ineffective as I can remember Oregon's offense being outside of maybe one of those like championship games where some SEC defense just shuts them down. Uh, this is about as ineffective as I remembered them. Um, and then defensively, <sighs> boy, they're bad. And Wait, the thing let's, is, let's Dave... talk about the stat. Let's talk about the stat. You want to talk about the stat? Okay. An air raid team had 40 <laughs> carries for 280 yards and six touchdowns. Who said prior to this game that I thought that somebody thought that uh, Washington State be running the ball a little bit more? Did you? Is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, we got this one right. We picked. We both picked Washington State. Hey, we're not 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 completely wrong. Yeah. Well, the thing is with Oregon's defense is that what they showed me is that they're really bad against the run and the pass. So we did. Kind of, you know, thought maybe one or the other, but both they were equally bad against. And you give up six touchdowns to Washington State on the ground, you are definitely doing something wrong. Well, it's like we said, Washington State actually has some good running backs. They just don't typically use them. But if they ever decided to, they'd have a pretty good running game, and yeah. they do. I mean, I think they're probably on a pure. I'd love to look it up, and I I don't want to, but um, on a per carry it uh, rate, I would imagine they're pretty high up there. Yeah. I will. So Eastern Washington can beat Washington State. Probably, I guess they could beat Oregon at this point, but that was, uh, Oregon's, they're in danger, man. They're in danger of just the, the downward spiral <laughs> going out of control. I mean, let's just take a quick gander. All right. We're going to talk about Washington, their game against Washington in a little bit, but go after that. At Cal, I, I think Cal's going to be favored by three to seven for sure. Maybe even more. ASU at home, maybe you're not to win there. Because ASU looks like it's going to have some stuff to, stuff to figure out. But then at USC, that's a loss. Versus Stanford at home, I mean, I think Stanford's going to be favored by three to seven. Um, at Utah, that's looking like a loss. And then at Oregon State, I mean, there, there might be two games left where they're going to be favored. At, wow. Yeah, versus ASU and at Oregon State. I think the rest, they're probably going to be dogs. Imagine if this Oregon team goes four and eight. Whew. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not good. All right. Should we get to the final game? Final game. UCLA and Arizona. All right. So UCLA beat Arizona 45 to 24. Another game that was probably not as close as the final score appeared. Um, well, it was probably about that close, but, uh, UCLA and Arizona both scored a bunch in the fourth quarter just to add some window dressing to what was kind of a, struggle fest offensively in the first half um this might have been if you were watching this game this might have been the most abysmal second quarter of offensive football anyone has ever seen um both teams were setting the clock back quite a bit um but end end result josh rosen probably played his best game of the year um he was only 20 of 37 but there were probably five or six out and out drops by his receivers um this this would have been an easy 400 yard you know four touch down game if he'd uh if he'd gotten a little bit more help from his receivers and defensively ucla is um pretty much firing on all cylinders at this point um they had some issues with khalil tate as the backup quarterback but it was pretty much junk time at that point um so not that those stats don't count but those stats don't count uh so <laughs> you know ucla knocked out brandon dawkins in this game um and hopefully he's ready to go going forward because i thought he brought a real, real dynamic to them but khalil tate their true freshman quarterback really uh, showed something. You know, we watched him a bunch at Sarah yeah. over the last few years, um, and he was always a dynamic athlete who could make things happen with his legs, and he showed that that kind of will translate to the college level for him. So that was really cool to see. So I thought Arizona can take, you know, some solace in that, but this was a pretty another pretty dominant UCLA victory over Arizona, which has become kind of the norm uh, in Aura and Rodriguez eras at their respective schools. You know, I actually thought Arizona's run defense played pretty well. Did the pass defense know? Uh, UCLA's, UCLA's run game is just butt. I mean, it's just <laughs> booty. Uh, Arizona's run defense has been pretty bad all year. 
Um, so uh, not to take anything away from Arizona's rush defense because I thought they played pretty well in this one, but UCLA's run game is, whew, yeah. it is toasty. It is not not good. Um, I don't think it's going to be good all year. I think they're going to struggle to run the ball on pretty much everybody, and Arizona's probably probably one of the three or four worst rush defenses in the Pac-12, and they were not able to generate much of anything. So basically over the weekend, the state of Arizona got their butts beat by Southern California, uh, beat up quarterbacks, everything, even with USC, UCLA, and the Rams even taking the Cardinals. So it was uh, – yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good for the state of Arizona this weekend in, in Southern California. Yeah, Arizona had some issues, but they, they've got a chance to bounce back. You know, we'll, we'll talk about everything going forward, but, um, yeah, not a, not a good game, uh, for the Wildcats. Um, I think getting Dawkins back, even though I liked what Tate brought to the table, you know, he's going to run into some true freshman issues. Um, uh, and I think Dawkins is maybe a little bit more electric running the ball. I like Tate, but I think Dawkins might have a little bit more of that it factor. Getting him back, I think, is essential for them to avoid having a really damaging season. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's the the recap. We want to do it kind of quickly. And now we want to do our Pac-12 Roundup. Our Pac-12 Roundup. And uh, we did get a suggestion from uh, an emailer, Shu. It's uh, David Shu. Call himself Shu. But he doesn't like the fact that we do the, I'll paraphrase. We don't want to read this whole thing. Um that we were kind of given away if like 12 was playing two, we would say 12 versus two. And then you found out who the number two team was. So he wanted to kind of do it in a little different order where we weren't giving away the higher seeded teams until the end. Right. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So we'll mix up our order. We'll mix up our order a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's do it. You want to do it? Okay. So we'll jump right in. These are our Pac-12 previews. We have at number 10, Arizona Wildcats. And at number six, Utah Utes. So Arizona and Utah, Dave. All right. So Arizona is a nine and a half point dog on the road at number 24, Utah. This game is on at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. In Salt Lake. So Utah's got to be licking its wounds a little bit. Um, undefeated season was a yard away uh, um, from being 5-0. and Not an undefeated season. An undefeated start to the season uh, was a yard away against Cal. Um, they would have been 5-0. and Now they're 4-1. and And uh, Arizona team that's licking its wounds coming into this one after getting beat up by UCLA at quarterback. Um, I think Utah is going to smash them i think utah wins <laughs> by maybe as many as three scores that's what i'm thinking right all right i like it i'm going to take utah as well it's funny i think last week i took a lot of points i was like yeah there's just a lot of points you know i want to take these points and it didn't matter because all the teams that were like supposed to win by eight or ten won by 20 or 30 you know um yeah. so i'm going to take utah here and lay the nine and a half just not sure what the quarterback situation is going to be at arizona you know, two weeks ago, we were really impressed with Arizona where they could take a, a Washington team to overtime and then UCLA just boat races them. So I don't know. Well, I don't know which te- Arizona team is going to show up, but with the quarterback situation, Dave, I think, I think Utah, you know, wants, wants to bounce back from that loss last week. Uh, so I'll take Utah plus nine and a half too. Yeah. And you know, I think Dawkins is still questionable. I think Nick, I, I think a new Solomon might still be questionable and I don't know when that guy's coming back. Um, so it, might be down to Khalil Tate again, and you get him ready, but he's going against, up against the Utah defense that will probably be schemed to know what he can bring to the table. You know, UCLA, I mean, I don't think they were prepping for the true freshman quarterback that was redshirting to that point, uh, and so they, they maybe didn't know what was coming. Uh, Utah will, um, and I think Tate, you know, he showed some with his arm, but I don't know that he showed enough that Utah's going to really show him a lot of respect. Um, throwing the ball, so I think they're going to gear up to stop the run. Um, I could see this being a pretty good bounce back defensive effort for utah um yeah it's tough to and i think arizona's run defense against ucla i hate to say it but i think it was a little bit of a mirage just because ucla's run game is so bad um i think utah might be able to run the ball in arizona control the clock and put together a nice home win i just i'm having trouble seeing how where arizona wins this game um and i think utah might win it going away so, uh, Utah is out with, uh, without their starting center, JJ Dealman. 
Uh, he went over 300 snaps without giving up a sack. He's out for the season. So that's that's a blow for Utah. And Arizona's won the last four in this series. So, hmm. There's that. Are you going to go? Are you going to renege on your uh, no. prediction? No. I gotta, I'm just sticking with it. I was actually yeah. I was thinking about just going opposite of you on every single one and see how that goes. But one of us would have to be decent, right? Or yeah, we would just and, both go three and three that week. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have the number eight team, Arizona State Sun Devils, <laughs> and the number five team, UCLA Bruins. <laughs> so Arizona State and UCLA. All right, another 7.30 kickoff for UCLA. Uh, this is the second of three. Uh, the Bruins going at ASU in Tempe. Uh, UCLA, get this, is a 10-point road favorite over the Sun Devils. Um, UCLA is 3-2, and two, Arizona State's 4-1. and one. I guess it is a beat-up Arizona State team. Manny Wilkins uh, is most likely out. I think he might have just been declared out. Um, so they're going to be going with Brady White, another quarterback that Ryan and I are very familiar with yes. watching around the seven-on-seven circuit and high school circuit um, in L.A. over the many... I feel like he was starting at uh, heart for about five years. Um, but this was uh, this is an interesting game. Um, I think UCLA's defense is playing really, really well right now, and they get the advantage of not having to go up against a d- dual threat in Manny Wilkins. White can move a little bit, but he's nowhere near it, in it with Manny Wilkins. Um, offensively, well, offensively for UCLA, um, they haven't been very good this year, but Arizona State's defense also hasn't been very good this year, as USC saw last week, um, especially the secondary. So I think there will be opportunities for Josh Rosen in the past game. Um, I, I like UCLA to barely cover. I think it's something like a 34-23 game. This has been a weird series where the road team has won, I think, the last four years. Um, and UCLA's played well in Tempe uh, the last couple of years. So um, I think it's UCLA 34-23. I'm going. I'm sticking with you, Dave. Uh, I saw the hot garbage that was the Sun Devils in person. And I just couldn't believe, you know, this is a, a one in three USC team made them look silly. Um, you know, maybe there's some different factors at work there. And without Manny Wilkins, who I really liked the way he was playing beforehand, I just don't see the second half heroics that this team has enjoyed. Um, I mean, they were scoring 22 points a game in the fourth quarter alone. I think they scored like 14 or something against USC, like in the garbage stuff. But, um, those were real points that they were scoring in the fourth quarter before. I just yeah. don't see that happening now with Manny Wilkins. So 10 is a lot. Last week, I would have been taking all those points. This week, I will give them away. I'm taking UCLA. And I will throw out a caveat. If UCLA runs out the same garbage game plan it used in this game last year, uh, <laughs> when they tried to run on the, I think at the time it was the Pac-12's best rushing defense. Arizona State might have finished the year as the Pac-12's best rushing defense. I'm not even sure. Uh, but at the time, it was uh, Arizona. Arizona State was the Pac-12's best rushing defense. They ran the ball, I think, on like it was something crazy, like just so many first downs in the first half, um, and put themselves in a hole that they couldn't recover from. So, if they bring out a garbage game plan like that again, because um, ASU's rush defense is actually decent, it's just their pass defense is garbage. Um, then this could be a much closer game than anybody thinks it has any right to be. I mean, that's kind of what happened last year, right? USC beat them 42-14 last year, and then the very next week, UCLA ended up losing 38-23, which you just could, it was just night and day the way Arizona State looked from week to week. Exactly. So that could absolutely happen again. I never put it past, uh, the, the the Bruins doing something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think it's happening. Well, we'll see. All right. Next game up, we have our number 12 team, Oregon State Beavers. Love that chainsaw. And the number four team. California Golden Bears. So Oregon State and Cal, Dave. All right, 6 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Cal going at Oregon State. Another road favorite. Cal favored by 13 and a half points over the Beavers. Um, So this is an interesting one. Oregon State looked bad last week against Colorado. But prior to that, I thought they'd actually looked okay this year. Um, Cal looked pretty darn good against Utah, um, but it was a weird game that if you looked at just the stats, you would have been kind of confused about how they even won the game. Um, 
I think I like Oregon State. Um, not to win, certainly not to win, but um, I think this is more like a ten point game for Cal, not a uh, not an Oregon State, not an Oregon State uh, blowout. Wow, thirteen and a half points, getting at home. Uh, Oregon State has a twelve game conference losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. I think I'm going to differ with you on this one, Dave. I'm not, uh, not taking all these points this week. I'm, I'm, I'm laying all the points. I'm taking the favorites. I'm going chalk. Cal scores a whole bunch of points on the hapless Beavers. They did not look good last week. Now maybe they turn it around and they play better at home, but I'm going to take Cal. I can, I can see them winning by two touchdowns pretty easy. So I'll take Cal and lay the 13 and a half. Yeah, that might be stupid. That might be a stupid pick, but I'm rolling with it. Let's go. <laughs> You're rolling with it? I'm rolling with it. Okay. Let's go. All right. You're rolling. So we, that's one we differ on. So I can, uh, try to make up that game I lost, uh, last week. And hopefully we're like six for six and five for I, six. I can't get over how bad Cal's defense was going into that Utah game. I just can't get over it. Um, and they had one nice stand, but otherwise they gave up a bunch of yards to Utah. So I think Oregon State might be able to, you know, do some things offensively against Cal. Maybe not a lot, but some things. And, uh, yeah, they'll keep it. We'll keep it to two scores, but two small scores. Okay. So the Oregon State, that they were down. They they took over USC spot as the bottom team now again. So they're number 12 again. They've been down there quite a bit. Um, 12-game losing streak in the conference. You could see why. Uh, but we're going to go move up a little bit. We have uh, number nine. Washington State Cougars. And falling to number three this week. From number one, they've been up there for so long. Stanford Cardinal. So Washington State and Stanford. So this is another 7.30 p.m. kick on ESPN. Washington State going at number 15, Stanford. Um, Stanford now 3-1. and one. Uh, This opened, I, I want to say it opened as like a 12-point game, and now Stanford is favored by 7. So the line moved heavily in favor of the Cougars, which I completely understand. Um, Washington State uh, looked pretty good against Oregon, and... You know, if you didn't know this team lost to an FCS team, you'd be kind of shocked to know that it did, which is kind of the way we felt pretty much all of last year watching Washington State after they lost to an FCS team. Um, Stanford, on the other hand, I mean, it was, obviously they lost 44 to 6, so they didn't look good, but they, they really didn't look good. And they looked out of sorts. They gave up and they had like 11 penalties for 100 yards. I mean, just so unStanford like. Um, and I don't, this was, if I remember, Bring correctly, I think this was a fairly close game last year. I want to say Washington State was thirty to twenty-eight. Thirty to twenty-eight. Yeah. So I I don't want to take Washington State outright, but I don't think Stanford wins this by seven. Um, I I think I'm going to take Washington State, take the points. Um, This this I think Stanford might have some more systemic issues than just they got beat bad in one game. Stanford doesn't get beaten like that typically. Um, you know, if they lose a game, it's more of the, wow, David Shaw, you know, call a better game and you would have won that one score game. They don't typically lose by, you know, five touchdowns. So yeah, I think I'll take Washington State here because I think they're actually playing better football right now. Um, but I'm not gonna, not gonna take them outright, but I'll take them in the points. Okay. I'm gonna do the same. Um, uh, I kind of think Washington State's gonna win this game. Um, so I, I think I'll take them outright. Road, on the road, getting seven points. St- okay. So Stanford's gonna come back. They're gonna play better, but they look so below average. Um, and I talked to some, some friends that watch a lot of Pac-12 football and they were, t- I mean, they were, their opinion was like, this, Stanford just looks like an average team in general. Um, and you know, I'm kind of feeling, you know, we, we didn't want to, you know, we were anointing them, the team to beat until someone beat them. And then Washington did that in spades. Um, I kind of think they're more of an average looking team this year, Dave. Maybe, they, maybe they look a little like I thought they were going to be last year before they turned on the Jets and started boat racing people. But Washington State played them really tough last year and that was at home. Sort of similar situation where they struggled early in the season, lost games you shouldn't lose, and then they start beating teams. Um, and I, I kind of think they're going to beat Stanford, Dave. So I'm going to take Washington, give me the seven, but I, I kind of think they'll win outright. Yeah, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. And if I had to guess, I think the Stanford team is going to resemble that one from two years ago that started out the year kind of scuffling and then I think won its last five or something like that and finished eight and five and then they turned it on the next year. Um, 
they could lose this game this weekend for sure. They could lose at Notre Dame um, just because that Notre Dame offense could, you know, just put too much up for Stanford to uh, match. Um, and they could absolutely lose to Colorado at home. And then the schedule lightens quite a bit. They've got at Arizona versus Oregon State, at Oregon, which is actually part of the lightness of the schedule at this point, at Callen versus Rice. So, And that's typically the time of year when Stanford starts to play its best football. So I wouldn't be shocked if they have a lull here where they, you know, lose. They they could go one and three over the next, or one and two over the next uh, two, or even zero oh and three, and then uh, kind of turn it on over the last five. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I think you uh, you could be right on that one. All right, next game up, we have number seven, all the way up from number twelve to number seven. USC Trojans. That shows you the Pac-12 power ranking. The uh, podcast of champions power rankings are always in flux. Taking on. Now get this. Not number 12. There's a two in it. The number two. Colorado Buffaloes. Trojans and Buffaloes. Colorado up to number two, Dave. So this is weird. So there's, there's some games that are on ESPN and there's some games on Fox and Fox Sports one. This game got relegated to the Pac 12 network and it might be the best. I mean, I'm trying to think. I think this might be the, probably be the most competitive game of the day maybe wazoo stanford ends up being that but anyway this is on at 1 p.m on the pac-12 network number 21 colorado that's a ranked colorado team just take a second everyone (laughs) wipe the tears from your eyes and let's just let's just bask in this for a moment taking on usc uh an unranked usc team that's below 500 um in la usc is favored by five and a half um and i'm trying to think there would have been no other time, I think, in the Pac-12 era for Colorado that this this uh, spread would have been anything other than double digits, right? I, yeah. I don't know if there's another time. So uh, that's pretty monumental in and of itself. Um, Colorado's been playing really good football, even with their backup quarterback, Steve Montez. In fact, he might even be playing a little bit better than Sefo Lufau was playing at the beginning of the year. And Sefo was playing pretty well. Um, but Montez is uh, is putting it together really, really well. Uh, but on the, by the same token, USC is playing its best football. Um, Sam Darnold has definitely looked the part of a USC starting quarterback. Um, offensively, they seem to come alive a little bit against ASU. Now, that wasn't a great ASU defense, but they came alive a little bit. Um, defensively was probably even more impressive. Uh, really pressured ASU. I think they'll try to do the same thing to Colorado. Um, because it is, I mean, Montez has started now two games, but he's still a young quarterback. Um, and still be prone to getting rattled. Ah, you're going to have to come back to me on a score prediction. I want to hear you talk it through. Okay. Um, I got to get off the snide here. So, you, you know, there's there's things you know, there's things you don't know, whatever. The last couple of weeks, we haven't known. We haven't known. My gut's telling me this is the kind of thing that USC is going to do. They'll probably have a really good October and then struggle with the late season they have in November They've never lost to Colorado. They're, it's, they're 10 and 0 against the Buffs. I think Colorado's playing great football right now, but I just think that USC, Clay Hill's never lost in the Coliseum. So there's one good stat for him, I guess you could say. Um, I kind of think USC probably wins this by a touchdown. So I'm going to take, uh, USC and lay the five and a half. You know what my issue is? Um, and it, it occurred to me while you were talking. The one time I picked against Colorado this year, I, I disappointed myself because I picked Oregon to cover. And then Colorado beat them on the road. I'm not willing to do that again. Yes. Give me the buffs. Give me the buffs outright. All right. Colorado outright. I mean, I could obviously, I can completely see this happening. Um, I ride with the buffs. Yeah. All right. That's all I do all day, every day. We have this number two. And that's the other thing. I was putting so much stock in where we, we rank these teams like, Oh, the number one team is. You know, not whatever, getting points. You're like, okay, sure. Like you weren't keeping in mind our general idiocy. Yeah. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta always keep that at the forefront of any assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we, we have two games that we've split on. Let's see if we split on this last one. Big, uh, big discrepancy in the rankings in this last one, Dave. I don't know if you realize, but our number 11 team, Oregon Ducks. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oregon, yeah. number 11, taking on 
the new number one team in the podcast of champions power rankings. Washington Huskies. <laughs> Washington and Oregon. It's not even funny anymore. Like it's it's not even a joke. Washington's good. Yeah. Um they're number five, five and oh, taking on Oregon at Autzen, four thirty PM on Big Fox, Washington. All right. Now we've talked about some strange lines this week, but Washington is favored by nine and a half on the road in a game that they haven't won in how many years? It's like a decade, isn't it? I think it's tw- eleven or twelve, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, the last okay, Oregon's won the last twelve meetings. See, I put I wrote this down, Dave. Oregon's won the last twelve meetings with Washington. Wow. So they're favored by by nine and a half in this game, which just shows you how bad Oregon has looked and how good Washington has looked. Um Washington was firing on all cylinders last week. It was at home, which is a big advantage for Washington, if you've ever seen Husky Stadium. Um, so you take that into account a little bit, and playing at Autzen is theoretically an advantage for even a booty Oregon team. Um, but their run defense is bad. They're going to be starting a true freshman. Their pass defense is bad, too. Let's not, let's not you know, gild the lily. Uh, their defense is just bad, um, probably because Brady Hoke is the coordinator. Um, that was not a good idea. Um, offensively, they're, uh, they're, we're gonna have to see what they look like with a true freshman at quarterback. Um, Washington looks really competent offensively and defensively, they look like a monster. Give me Washington minus, I would take this Washington minus 17, let alone nine and a half. So, give, give me the Huskies. Oh, uh, so the, the line's nine and a half? Nine and a half. See, I thought you said ninety-nine and a half. I was thinking about it, but <laughs> nine and a half. Yes, I will take. I will lay those points. Um, I think I would go up to. I was like, what number would I go to? Like, I probably go to twenty and a half. I probably would go that high. I definitely do seventeen. I just don't. Uh, Oregon can always. I mean, not always, but Oregon can score. I mean, even on a good Washington defense, I think they'll be able to score. So I'd be reluctant to take twenty and a half just because that's. That's counting their offense out too much and counting on Washington's offense a yeah. little bit too much than I'm comfortable with. But, um, yeah, nine and a half, I'm very comfortable with. I think Washington wins this one going away. But you got the 12 game, you know, streak. I think Washington certainly wants to, to, you know, to beat that. But, you know, Washington didn't look good on the road the week before, you know, at Arizona. That's not a good Arizona team. It doesn't look like. So, yeah, I could see it. I could see that happening, but just nine and a half doesn't seem like enough. Uh, it could certainly happen. I could see Oregon winning the game. You know, who knows? I mean, it's crazy. It's a Pac-12. Anything can happen, but just the way these teams are trending, it's just hard that like, that's, that's just not enough points for me to say, yeah, I, f- I feel pretty good about this Oregon pick. I just don't, you know, you're not going to get fired for picking Washington at this point. Um, yeah. you know, this is like hiring like the, the, the good coach that everyone knows. Like, yeah, you're, you're probably not going to get fired for that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, from an over-under perspective, this is actually, uh, this might be one of the lower over-under weeks for the Pac-12 in a while. So you've got Cal, Oregon State, which is 71 and a half, but everything else is, it's 59 UCLA ASU, 63 and a half Colorado USC, I guess 69 for Washington, Oregon, but then 52 and a half Arizona, Utah, and 58 Washington State and Stanford. I don't know. That seems a little low. I don't know. Anyway. We'll see. Um, well, those are all the games. We have a couple questions. You want to, should we get to those, Let's Dave? A couple questions. Let's do that. We haven't done this in a little while. Uh, but thanks for Shu for the suggestion. Hopefully you guys like the way, the order we did it for this week. Frank wrote it. He said, hello, Ryan and Dave. Uh, look at the big boy pants on Cal. Now that we're making defensive stops to go along with their killer offense, look out. I noticed that UCLA has to travel to Berkeley a week after their main rivalry game with USC this year. For their final game of the year. What do you guys think about the four California schools demanding that they play each other every year? How often uh, would they not play each other if this demand wasn't in place? Once every four years or so? I think that the rivalry game, uh, and there's really only one, should be the last game of the year. And USC can kick that game with Notre Dame to the curb as well. As always, keep up the great work. Frank, I love that we have a non-USC or UCLA question, uh, a fan writing in too. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm, uh, I, I'm kind of a traditionalist. I always like seeing UCLA versus UCLA USC, but also UCLA Cal and UCLA Stanford. I think there's, 
there's history between all of those teams, and I think USC would say the same. There's history between USC and Stanford, USC and Cal. There's, you know, it's the NorCal, SoCal thing where people from the Bay Area went to school in, at UCLA and USC and vice versa. So I think there's enough history there that I like seeing it every year. Um, it obviously has some disadvantages because Stanford's been really good. Um, but on the same token, Cal hasn't, and they've been forced onto the schedule every year for UCLA, which is, and for USC, which has been, uh, pretty good, I think, for both teams. So, um, it has advantages and disadvantages, but I would take it, and I, I'm not, I, I don't know, I'm not super big on the rivalry game having to be the last game of the year, um, but I, I don't care one way or the other. The only issue for me is that when it's a North team, the final team that you play, there's always a chance that you end up with, them again the following week like it happened to ucla in 2012 when they had to play stanford two weeks in a row um so that's the one caveat but the rest of it i don't really care i'm a traditionalist too i do like that the california teams kind of play each other um that you know misses out some of the northwestern teams would love to play in southern california or northern california more just for the recruiting purposes so i get that where some of the other schools wouldn't like it but i mean those it's been around for so long i i mean the fact that they're not in the same division is like okay whatever but the fact that they could still play, um, you know, I do like that. And I think USC fans would probably be upset with your Notre Dame comments since they do love, uh, playing the Irish. But, you know, Stanford plays Notre Dame a lot too. And then you end up having a last game of the year against Rice, like they're playing this year. So there's, there's some weird quirks, I think, when you add a Notre Dame to the schedule. USC's obviously played them for, you know, decades, but Stanford's been playing them lately a lot too. Yeah, for sure. One last one, Zach in New York City. You could get our podcast way out City. there. New York City. New York City. Was that like a pace? Uh, yeah, that was pace picante sauce. Yeah. Hey, Ryan and Dave. Now it appears that Lenny uh, from Mice and Men, so he's giving us literary references here. Jeez. I mean, Clay Hilton has temporarily stopped the bleeding. How many games does he need to win to keep his job? And is there any possibility that Jim Mora faces his fifth? USC coach in five years. Thanks from Zach. All right, Zach. What do you think, Ryan? That's kind of crazy that you, you know, Jim Mora has faced. So what was it like? Like Kiffin's? Kiffin. He's had Edo. He's had Sark. Sark. He's had Helton. Helton. So this would be his fifth. And the only coach that beat him was Clay Helton. Um, I don't think, in my opinion, Zach, uh, I don't think that Jim Moore is going to get his fifth different coach. Uh, I, if they make a move and, you know, it seems like there's a lot of alumni pressure to make some sort of move, barring some crazy finish to the season. I just don't think they would do it during the season and really his first, you know, kind of full year. Um, because you have a brand new athletic director in Lynn Swan, who's a wild card. You just don't know what he's going to do. They again, you know, USC hired up someone to do a job they've never done before. Lynn Swan's never been an athletic director, never hired or fired anybody in the coaching world. So you're not really sure what he would do, but I just have a hard time picturing him making some kind of change uh, in the middle of the season, unless they like say they had lost to Arizona State and then to Colorado. And now, you know, he'd been he would have been one in seven or something overall, like since they named him the permanent head coach, possibly. But he did stop the bleeding, beating Arizona State. I mean, he's got another chance this weekend against uh, Colorado. I think it'll be they'll win enough games in the middle of the schedule, even if they lose to like UCLA and Notre Dame or whatever to end the season. Um, I think he'll win enough that it, they won't make a move until the end of the season. All right. Give me, give me win loss, quick gut feeling on these remaining seven games. Okay. Right, against Colorado. I picked them to win. So I'll, I'll say win. All right. At Arizona. Uh, there's nothing. I'll pick them USC versus Cal at home. Now they beat Cal like some 12 times or something in a row, but I might take Cal in that one. I just like the way Cal's playing right now. All right. So you've got him at two and one right now. Okay. All right. Versus Oregon at home. Yeah. They'll beat Oregon. Yeah. Green one. All right. At Washington. Loss. Yeah. Green two. At UCLA. I think UCLA is going to get revenge. Like they, they didn't, that didn't sit well last year. Uh, on Jim Moore's birthday too. On Jim Moore's birthday, yeah. So I think I'll take UCLA in that one. All right, so that's three and three. Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. At home. At home. It's at home. And this Notre Dame's kind of good. They kind of like USC. They both started one and three. Uh, I think they'll, maybe they'll beat Notre Dame. I think they'll use UCLA and beat Notre Dame. You've got this USC team going six and six. Yeah. 
I don't think that's enough. Um, you don't think that's enough to fire him, or you no, don't think that's enough to, to keep, keep him? him? Yeah, I think, I think there's enough pressure where you know we we see this, and uh, you know what would you know by Pete Carroll's second year he was kicking ass. You know this is essentially. You know, by the end of the year, Clay Hilton will have actually coached more games at USC than, than Steve Sarkeesian, you know, so this is really, he would, you know, so this is really his second year. You've seen, you know, like the Urban Meyer, you've seen the good coaches out there, you know, you see it, you see, you know, by the end of the first year, you know, the second year is really good. Um, you know, we haven't seen that like from Charlie Strong at Texas, you know, there's in the third year and they're struggling. Chris Peterson, you know, he's, he's looked a lot better. I, I just think you kind of know, and a lot of the USC, Alumni, I think they kind of know it's just, it's not, it wasn't the right hire. So I think six and six, Dave probably won't get it done. If they lose to Colorado this weekend, it's, let's say for whatever reason, it's one of those inexplicable games where they lose by like three touchdowns, right? Yeah. Just a bad game. They don't look up for it. They look like they're playing Colorado from like five years ago and they're not. Uh, will there be pressure on him on the administration to fire him on Sunday? If they lose badly to Colorado this week, um, I think there I mean, there'll be they'll get calls. I'm sure some boosters and stuff will call, but I don't think they would make any kind of move like that yet. I just think that it be- would drive them to LAX. I don't think so. I think there's just so much. I mean, there's so there's just let's what's so new at this. He really has to kind of he's learning on the job, and I think he wants to take it all in before he makes some kind of move. I think they lose to Colorado like that. There's no. I don't see any way he could come back. I mean, you're not going to sweep, you know, Washington and Notre Dame and UCLA and all those, you know, if you lose to Colorado at home. So, um, kind of a must win for Clay Helton probably this weekend, Dave. Is every game a must win at this point? Does he need to finish nine and three or would a comfortable eight and four do it? I think like eight and four. They, I mean, he'd got a real shot. I mean, maybe even seven and five. You know, you're just not sure what they would do. Um, but you know, I don't think six he has six or under pretty much a sure thing. I would, that, that, in my opinion, yeah. Um, I would think that they would have to make some sort of move. I mean, I don't think like Washington's a must win. If you want to look at the rivalry games, like I don't think you can get swept. So maybe a must, you have to beat one of them. Um, yeah. you know, but I wouldn't say like, I don't, I don't think there's any scenario where you, if they win all their games except the one at Washington, like I don't think that one would be a must win. That makes sense. All right. Just my opinion, man. That, that's, I think it's a valid opinion. What the hell I know? I went one in five in my picks last day. Actually, I did a, Roger Lodge, you know, does the uh, radio, uh, and on AM 830 here in LA, and I usually come on and talk USC, and I, I admitted my picks were terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he said, okay, I'm staying away from your picks, but I do like yeah, talking. Uh, never, never bet based on what we say. Are you ever. too young for a blind date, Dave? I am not too young for blind date. You remember blind date? Yeah, that was crazy. Right. Yeah. The best. <laughs> now he's a sports guy. I know it's so weird. Yeah. All right. Well, you got like kids to take care of and stuff, and uh, yeah, they were screaming in the background. And I got some like baseball. I like to give and... people that flavor. Oh, they were. Yeah, a little bit. It's okay. Well, tell the kids hi, Dave. And again, we apologize to everybody for the technical difficulties. Uh, it's a little late this week, but. Hope you guys enjoy it. Listen to it before you go, you know, on your way to the driving of the game. Listen to the Pac-12 podcast, podcast of champions. And, uh, you know, enjoy your Saturday of college football. It's kind of all the games are on at once, Dave, which kind of sucks, but you know, get all those devices out and start watching three at a time. Exactly. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, that's David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. We are the podcast of champions. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next time.